This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. Welcome, friends, to this week's episode of the Badass Ladies Club, fresh from Costa Rica. Oh, my gosh. My name's Laurie, and I'm here with my girl, Jessica. And we are so excited to be back in the studio. Honored, as always, that you're going to spend some time with us today while we break down and debrief what the first international healing retreat for the Badass Ladies Club was like in Costa Rica. Can you believe we fucking did it? Yes, I can. Um, I was there. Um, and at the same time, I can't believe it's over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yes, I can believe we did it. And I'm just so bubbling and grateful and giddy and excited that it went so super awesome. So before we get started on today's episode... It would mean so much to us and for the work that we're doing in the world and all the good that we're trying to put out. If you would like, rate, and review us on Apple, on Spotify, share this podcast with your friends. Um, your support means so much for us. And we are literally like changing ourselves, changing the world, making it happen with your help. We're super appreciative of the support. Um, and we're excited to talk about... Um, yeah, what it looks like to realize a dream. Oh my gosh. Y'all, like, freaking crazy, yeah. right? So I don't know if we ever talked about it on the podcast, like, how the retreat was born. I mean, I'm sure that we have because we talk about everything at length, but... Okay, well, recap. It's worth <laughs> mentioning again. Laurie has always had a love for travel. I've always loved traveling. Um, and... Never really did a lot of it. I mean, I mostly domestic. Like yeah. my travel is mostly domestic. Yeah. Um, but let's be real. Running a podcast is expensive. Yes. That we wanted, you know, in the wake of the pandemic, the lockdown, having our oh shit moment like the rest of the world did of what are we going to do? Yeah. What is happening? And we had this inner dialogue and a conversation with each other of, well, if we're not in the beauty business, then what are we? Which, by the way, podcasts already started. Yeah. What we didn't know is that Badass Ladies Club podcast kind of organically turned into a healing journey podcast. And... So we invested in some business coaching. Right. Because is, we needed to monetize the podcast. Right, like Right. Because we needed to at least cover the podcast. After five months, we were like, this is great. And we want to continue. And it's expensive. And it needs to pay for itself. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so we're healing journeyers. We're, we hadn't even started our apprenticeship. No, apprenticeship like, or started, yeah. But... With this business coaching, you came up with a brilliant idea. So I feel inclined to um, give some credit where credit's due now that we've got so much space from it anyway, um, that what we got into was Kathy Heller's Made to Do This program, right. which she's not even doing anymore. We were like the second to the last Made to Do This. Yeah. I guess she may do it again one day, but like right now she's, she's not. not. Um and so I feel like we got to it in this really sweet spot where she had like done it a handful of times and she had it down really well. And we got in and it was more money than I had ever invested in something like this before. Um, <clears throat> and I talk a lot on my Instagram about like what it means when you're willing to invest in yourself mm -hmm. and when it's your money you're investing because like I had wonderful parents who invested lots of money in my education and in my interests. You know, yeah. like when I was growing up. We've had bosses. I've had bosses invest. invest yeah, yeah, like multiple bosses that have right. invested in my education and my interests. But something changed when I was willing to put the money down. And 
I showed up for myself in a way that I had not previously done. And in Made to Do This, Kathy Heller does this really amazing thing where she asks you, because, you know, her whole gig is finding what it is that, like, sets your soul on fire, and then how do we turn that into a business? What would you do for free? Right. Let's have you get paid for that. And not just what would you do for free. What breaks your heart? Right. What does the world need more of? What's a problem that needs solving right now, you know? And she really gets you in this space where you're like dropped into like, what is your calling, you know? And yeah, what would you do for free? Because that lends itself to the idea that you're on the right track. But what was so cool about retreats is that what I would do for free, I did not believe at the beginning of that program was something that people would pay me for. Yeah. And that when I was going through this process of like, okay, so what would I do for free? What breaks my heart? What's the world need more of? Mm -hmm. I would travel for free. Hell yeah. And I would help others travel for free. Because at this time, I had already like planned some trips for my friends or for my family or whatever, where they were complicated things. And there were all these like logistics and things that had to get worked out. But I was actually really good at planning that stuff. I also had planned trips for groups of people at the salon where we'd go to hair shows yeah. or we'd go, you know, and I would like plan all the hotels and work out the logistics and how we were getting back and forth. Like it was something I was already familiar with. I had planned a couple of my own epic bucket list style vacations and really obscure places and had been to Costa Rica six or seven times by this point. And so I knew I could travel and I knew I liked to travel with people. And I knew that because I'd had such a connection with like Reiki and doing energy work up to that point, that the idea of doing energy work for a living seemed like a good idea, but not a like solid job idea. It didn't seem tangible enough or that I wasn't going to make enough money at it or that it wasn't going to be as widely used as I would want it to be. But doing energy work while traveling with people and creating an experience that was like destination based was resonating with me. And I was like, yeah, like people do healing retreats. Like that's a thing. And so I was in a pod group, you know, like they mm -hmm. pull these groups of people out and I was talking to my pod about it one day. Cause you know, so much of the Kathy Heller program was also this idea of rapid ideation. So like when you have an idea for something that you talk about it, but you keep talking about it. And it's just stream of consciousness and it's coming out of you and you do it with other people and then you let them ideate on it and they come up with ideas too. And you're like, and then they talk about their thing and you reflect back to them. And it's just this like really rich, awesome pod of people that are feeding off of each other's ideas and you get all just of this inspiration, you know? Yeah, like yeah. it comes so fast. And there's things that like zing you when that happens. And you're like, oh, that's the idea. And so as we were talking about like this travel and this energy work, and I guess that could be a thing, but I don't know. And, and then it just like dawned on me that I know somebody who owns a hotel on the ocean, on the Pacific Ocean, in Guanacaste, that I could rent the whole thing out. Like it's not a huge hotel. It's eight rooms. And so then I started like writing down numbers and I was like, and if people paid like this much each, then that would turn out to this many dollars. And how much would it cost me to like feed them and get them the activities done? And maybe we could do some healing, you know, like, and I remember as I was talking my way through it, I told the pod, I was like, but that's too big. Like, I couldn't do that. That's too, that's too much. And every single one of them, like almost in unison was like, that's not too big. You could totally do that. And then I was like, I guess I could totally do that, you know? <laughs> and then it was like an hour later that I called you and we talked about it. And then like two days later, we were putting it out into the world, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, like that's where it started. But what's so interesting about the whole birth of it was what a short amount of time it was that it took to get it out of me and then give it legs and then make a couple of connections and know that it was actually something that could happen and then this like hinge point where we were like, okay, let's take a risk and go for it, you know? Right. And then it was a thing. And it was also fucking February of 2020. Like 
Yeah, that booking an international retreat during a pandemic is not risky at all. <laughs> so crazy. Um, what were we thinking? <laughs> but that's what's so cool about inspiration and inspired action when it hits you. Yeah. Is that all the reasons why not do not matter. They are secondary to this idea that you're being pulled towards this thing. So, yeah, that's where it came from. It's also so interesting that it had such an amazing response so quickly. Yeah. Like that inside of eight days, I think we sold it out Mm -hmm. the first time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And that it was almost a year until the event, you know, and we had people drop off. It wasn't of always rainbows and unicorns. No. Like there was we a had... lot of oh shit moments. Yes, <laughs> of like, <laughs> what we, if we aren't going to do this? Yeah. This isn't going to happen. Or maybe viruses in the world aren't going to allow us to do this. You know, right. like there were some things that were like beyond our control. That honestly, like until about two weeks before we left, I had this thing in the back of my head where I was like, it may just not happen, Laurie. And you are going to have to, like, be cool yeah. if shit falls apart, you know, and don't yeah. lose it. Um, that, yeah, when it all ended up coming together was such a beautiful thing. So that's where it started. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's over. Um, <sighs> I guess the thing where I want to start with Costa Rica is... Um, Yeah, I just feel like being really transparent with it. That, yeah, people fell off. Mm -hmm. And we did it at about 60% capacity. Yeah, that, let's be clear, had COVID not been such a roller coaster, because remember, things were going really, really well, and then Delta happened. (laughs) And that's where we lost people. Yeah. Um, well, because that was like when people were like, oh, my God, we made it. We've gotten through this COVID thing. And then right. Delta happened and people were like, oh, this oh, shit's never going to end. Right. Like, yeah. So through Delta, we lost some people that we signed up. Then Omicron happened. <laughs> and so then it was like, well, shit, we're never going to get out of this. And we both got Omicron. Yeah. We so both that was like got our that. First- <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. So. It wasn't always easy. It was tumultuous, actually. I would go so far as to say that there are lots of people that would have canceled the whole thing a handful of times. Yes. I didn't really think about that. Like, it wasn't really an option. And because we ran it at, like, 60% capacity, like, there was definitely this scarcity thing that kept hitting me where I was like, are we going to even have enough money? You know, like... Um, because retreats are this kind of like leap of faith where you put it out there and you say, this is going to be the experience and these are all the wonderful things we're going to do before anyone's actually put down a dollar. Yeah. Which is intimidating as fuck when right. you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars. And let's be clear, you and I had not managed an event that ran tens of thousands of dollars right. before, you know, like um, when I scale back and look at it, I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) Go us. Okay. Like when I went to the bank and got the check to pay for the hotel, like I cried a little bit that there was even enough money in our bank account that we could pay for an eight room hotel. Right. Oceanfront. Oceanfront. Exclusively for 14 days. Like, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, And that things about it had to change. Yes. That, in the beginning, and we I don't want to get into all the details because it's a lot, but like the plans we had for the retreat, retreats, the things we were going to do, the right. events we were going to have, um, the kind of support that was going to be there. Honestly, all of it stuff. doesn't matter. No, like, none of the details point. mattered. Yeah. But what was so important was that we had to remain open and flexible as this thing evolved. Flexibility was my word. Because yeah. <laughs> otherwise we would have broken right it's that like thing about like you know trees blow in the wind and if they're not flexible then they snap you know like that was very much this analogy with costa rica was that things had to remain very flexible um and then yeah like in all the tumultuous like i'm going i'm not going i'm going i'm not going like literally in the last two weeks we lost some people and it was a little bit of a mind fuck a little bit Mm -hmm. where like you know you're still gonna have to do the thing 
with a lot less dollars than right. you had planned on doing do the thing with. we have money to do the right. thing? Because now we're this close to it. And that there are people who have paid for the thing. Right. And they deserve 100% the experience, experience Yeah, that we delivered on. Yeah. And that these things were really, um, yeah, just like a roller coaster right up until we got ready to leave. And then I just like came to this place where I was like, it doesn't really matter if there's enough money. It doesn't really matter what else happens from this point on. The fact that it's happening at all, we have got to be grateful for and just live this experience right. for whatever it is. You know, like it's that we're going to the beach. That we did it messy. Yeah. And that we loved the messiness. Yes. We embraced the mistakes. Right. The things that were out of our control. Yes. And we just said, I trust. And it all came. It all came. So let's start with, um, let's start with Hotel Via Amaria. I think that's a good place oh to start. Oh my gosh, what a magical place. Tell me, I want you to talk about Hotel Via Amaria. I feel like I talk about it a lot. Like <laughs> I've been there, it's like my second home, but um, um, yeah. So... I'm going to be real, like Hotel Via Amaria, if you were to go, it's not the fanciest. It's not the Ritz-Carlton. It's yeah. not the Ritz-Carlton. Um, but when you get there, there's this like inclusiveness that the minute you arrive, you're part of the family mm-hmm. and you know you're taken care of. And it's small. And it's safe, which when you're traveling internationally, I couldn't ask for anything better. It's important. Um, And that there are, of course, you have your own private like hotel stay situation, but that there are community um, areas where you can, if you're staying there, like with other people who like when we weren't doing the retreat, Mm -hmm. like you get to meet people from all over the world and it's just so cool. Um, But the fact that we were able to rent the whole place out for ourselves, it was like home. Yes. Home is a really good way to explain it. Like it feels like home there. And after having it rented out just for us, like, I'm ruined. I know. Now I can't do it any other way. Because you guys all left pretty close to the end of when it was just our place, you know? But after everybody left, Aubrey and I were there for a week where it you wasn't just our place. Yeah, and yeah. we had to, like, release the hotel for other guests to come in and out. Um, and I don't like it. <laughs> like, no. it is not my favorite. Like, not after having it all to ourselves. Um one of the great things about Via Amaria is the community. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a collective community space that a lot of people work in um, that are locals, you know? And so you do kind of get this, like, connection to a local vibration. Right. The, um, I guess what I also like about Via Amaria is that, like, you're contributing to their livelihood yes. and their economy. Mm-hmm. From the surf instructors to the massage therapists um, to just like the hotel staff. Yeah. And that it's the same people. Right. Over and over year yes. after year. It's like Groundhog Day there. Yes. You know, like you come and go and you're doing whatever. But one of my favorite things about one of the reasons I keep going back is because of Amos. Yeah, And the guys that are like doing the surf school and stuff and that when we had our guests there and they wanted to go on a riverboat cruise to go through the estuary and see the monkeys and all the cool stuff, like I felt completely safe sending them with Amos to do that because I've known Amos for nine years now, you know, like that he and that he's taken me all over the place and we've gone fishing and we've done, you know, like so knowing that we had our people in Costa Rica who we love and trust that we could mm-hmm. then send our people with to go and do some of these and things. And that we didn't have to go I didn't have to take ourselves. them or chaperone. Yeah. And I knew they were safe. And I knew right. that they were looked after. And I knew nobody was ripping them off. And I knew, you know, like all of these things. Well, and I knew Amos as the surf school guy. Yeah. 
But the fact that he literally looked at our guests and was like, well, what do you want to do? I'll take you anywhere. Yeah. I'll, and I was like, whoa, you, you could do that? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I have a boat. I have a, you know, yeah. the car, the this, the that, you know, that I was like, fucking sweet, dude. So good. Like, so that means so much to me is yeah. that there's people that we know and trust um, there to do some of these fun things with. And otherwise, you're just like shot in the dark. You might pick somebody who's great and you might pick somebody who's not, you know, mm -hmm. like. Um, and then we definitely need to talk about Maribel and all of the massage ladies. Like, oh my gosh, talk about healers. <laughs> really, like oh magic hands, these women. Um, that's on the sign. Yes, Mirabel and her hands. magic hands. Yeah, <laughs> um, those are massages like I have never been massaged before. <laughs> yes. First of all, you got to be okay with having your shit hang out. Okay. That you are naked on a table right. in front of lots of people. In front of people. Draping is a little different. Yeah. Like they're going to cover your ass crack. But that's about it. You know, <laughs> right. like everything else. And, you know, like you're not out in the middle of everything. You are under a palapa, like right. off in the corner. But like if there was a creeper on the beach watching. They could see you. <laughs> they could see you. But I also think Maribel would destroy them. Right. Like I've never They're felt. Aware. Yeah. Like yeah. I've never felt exposed because there is this understanding of like, if you're creepy and near my massage hut, like I will tear you limb from limb. I would not fuck with Maribel. Not on my no. best day. Like <laughs> there is a energy and a vibe about her that is no nonsense. Yeah. You also have to be okay being like woman handled in that massage. Yes. Like they, the calm massage kicked my ass. I always get the calm massage when she says, do you want it strong or do you want it calm? calm. I always say calm because even in calm, it's one of those massages that you're like, oh God, what are they doing? <laughs> but that feels so good. Like it's like it hurts, but you know, you need it. Yeah. Or that they do something that you think should hurt, but interestingly enough, it doesn't hurt for some reason. And, and shit that I've never had done before. When they put the back of their heads up against up against the back of your head. No. And like, so they're propping you up yes. with their head yeah. and they're using their And they're their like hands. working in your, your neck. I'm like, what is happening right now? They touch but my brainstem. Like, it's so crazy. <laughs> um, It is like... A chiropractic adjustment. Yes. <laughs> it is like Thai massage stretching. It is like intense deep tissue and vibrational therapy and energy healing. And, like all of it. All of it. The whole time I go far, far away. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like when it starts, I'm like, oh, this is so nice. Like listen to the waves and you feel the ocean breeze and you can hear the grass of the Palapa hut like <laughs> moving and stuff. So it's like really nice in the beginning when you're there. Mm -hmm. But then some point in all of it, like I don't know where the sky is or where the <laughs> ground is. I don't know which way the ocean is or which way our rooms are. Like I lose all time and space until it's over. And they say, okay, lady, it's over. Okay, and I'm like, lady. what? <laughs> the massages are off the hook. Yeah. Um, $45 an hour, y'all. They don't do that here. No. <laughs> 75 hours. Not 75 for 90 yeah. minutes, you know? Yeah. Um, these ladies made lots of money. Hell yeah, they while did. While I was there. Um, Gladly pay them. I got like money. a massage every three or four days yeah. for a month. And I ain't gonna lie, when I got home, I'd been home like five days and I was like, I miss my girls. Like, where, where's Mercedes to give me my massage? Like, yeah. I don't get it. So yes, Maribel and the girls in the massage yeah. hat rock my world. Um, Elena. Oh my God, I can't what say enough about Elena. an angel. Let's talk about Elena. Um, first of all, so impressive. This young woman who is from the Netherlands. I, yeah, from the Netherlands. And her thing is... She lives in different places yes. where she picks up the language. Yes. So she knows multiple languages. Six and like, languages. Hospitality is her thing. Yes. Self-taught. Yes. She self-learns languages. She's explained this whole process to me how she does it before. It's amazing. <laughs> 
And then, yeah, like has careers in hospitality all over the world, living in all these amazing places that she wants to visit. So helpful in planning yes. the retreat. Detail oriented. Yes. Makes sure she understands, like could not have asked for a better just organizer. You need to, somebody like that to help yes. you. It would have been a lot harder without Elena around. Right. Um, and yeah, like there was lots of logistics. There were lots of shuttles to pick people up back and forth, you know, like from the airport and to the airport. There was definitely COVID testing that had to happen to go home, you know, right. like, and that was a lot of detail oriented stuff because she speaks so many languages. There's no communication barrier when we're trying to work out logistics about, no, they need to be here at this time or that time. Like, Sometimes it's hard with a language barrier, but with Elena, she would just tell them in Spanish and it was great, right. you know? Um, well, and just little things that like here in America that we're not aware of, the whole date thing mm -hmm. that in America, you know, it's like... It's April 5th. Yeah, it's April 5th, 04, 05, 2022. All over the world, it's... it's reverse. Reversed to where it's... Um, the day of the month. The fifth day. Yeah. Of, of the of April of the month, mm -hmm. whatever, and the year. So where we say 0405 2022, it's 0504 right. 2022. Not May 4th. You're like, not May 4th, April, April 5th. 5th. Yeah. And it's um if you and I know that sounds so simple, but if you don't have someone telling you these things that will screw up your yeah. It will screw everything yeah. up. Totally. Your shuttle will come a month late. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is basically what will your hotel stay will be fucked totally yeah <laughs> um and elena is so just like wonderful to spend time with oh my god so sweet yeah like a lot of fun to like ask questions of and get to know her and her get to know us and what we're doing the other really remarkable thing about elena is that because i got to stay so long after we were done i did breath work for some local people there and she was like well, if you'll send me something, I'll send it out. And she like advertised it for me and put it on the Via Maria site. And some mm -hmm. people came, you know, like she genuinely cares about whatever it is that you're doing. After we left, there were some people that were getting married there and they were renting the whole hotel out. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, just to see her switch from like retreat to wedding venue, like she's, um, she's remarkable. Elena's so great. Yeah. Um, we should talk about Terry Chandler. Terry. Uh, Terry's so Fort funny. Worth original, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like, he's a from lot Texas. of you probably know him. Um, and Terry is the outlaw chef, you know? Yeah. Like, um, did the Fred's Burgers thing for a long time and now lives in Tamarindo. He is a surfer, you know, like, to the core. He surfed in Texas for lots of years and all over the place before he moved to Costa Rica. But because cooking and, you know, chuck wagon cooking and cooking for groups is kind of his bag, he was so awesome. And we hired him to come in and cook for the retreat. Also because he's installed this outdoor kitchen at Via Amaria, which right. I got to cook in a lot too while we were there. It's so awesome to have a outdoor kitchen space that's been appointed by a professional chef. Mm -hmm. Like I had all the best utensils. Yeah, I had really great, you know, like cast iron skillets and, you know, like gas burners and things. Not the kind of shit you would expect to cook with in Central America outside at the beach, mm -hmm. you know? Like, it's a really beautiful setup that he's got there. Um, but having him come and feed everybody was wonderful. And he is such the great personality. And that he's so magnetic mm -hmm. and that all of our guests and staff were just drawn to him yeah. and, like, legit made friends. Yes. He got a haircut. He Oh, my God. His first haircut in, like, three or four years. Yeah. His hair was, like, way too long to be comfortable. That's what you get when a bunch of hairdressers get together. Well, and what's so funny is that when I was packing, I brought... I have a pair of shears that came out of a cosmetology kit. Like, they're not great, but they were something yeah. that I used to cut on my own hair at home very rarely. And as I was packing, I was like, I should probably bring these. I don't know why, like... Yeah. But there's going to be like, some hairdressers there. My bag anyway. Yeah, yeah, like, it's fine. And so when the topic of Terry getting a haircut came up, I was like, he was like, well, I've got these really sharp meat shears that I cut, you know, whatever with. And she was like, yeah, I guess. And I was like, wait, I have shears. Like, <laughs> I have actual shears. Um, so, yeah, Terry was so awesome. And it was great yeah. to have him there and cooking. 
let's talk about our staff. I was about to say, those were all just the people that we came to. I um, know. Who did we bring with us? But we had such a great team of people there that really added so much richness um, mm-hmm. to the retreat. Let's start with um, Red Fox. Yeah. And doing her Red Fox thing in Costa Rica. I The first time I went to Costa Rica, I came home and told her. I've if already, you go, he'll never go Well, back. I said, mm-hmm. I've seen you here. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you're going to come here. And you're going to love it. And you may never come home because somebody like you could do this whole gig out here because everything she does is so well suited to that Costa Rican vibration. Um, And so she did come and got to spend. She was one of the people who spent the most time there, you know, um, beginning to end and got to do Red Fox yoga on the beach, Mm -hmm. which was so like surreal. Oh, yeah. After the number of years I've heard her talk about wanting to do yoga on the beach and then to see her out there doing it. Well, let me tell you. So I I do. I love yoga. I don't do it as often as I would like to. We're going to change that. Sure. But um, after doing yoga on the beach with Red Fox, I'm ruined. I don't want to do yoga in a studio. Yeah. It's different sitting on the sand. But how could I ever just do yoga in a studio now? (laughs) So, yeah. And those shorter, more um, like fast impact classes that she did were gold. Yes. And I was like, okay, well now I never want to do anything else. That It was just so awesome. And I'm so proud of her. Oh God, so For pushing herself and... Because it's different. Yeah. Because the nice thing about a studio is that you can contain the You're environment. Contained. Yeah. On the beach in Tamarindo, there are boom boxes and people dogs everywhere and, and dogs birds and birds and, and yeah, like yeah, sticky things sticking up out of the sand at you right. and do it like there was and a the learning sun. curve. The oh my god. And the power of the sun. You know, yeah. like so doing yoga on the beach in theory sounds really awesome. And in practice there were really powerful moments where, yeah, like I was totally dropped in. I could see the ocean. Was, a lot of times you could see the sun setting, you know, mm-hmm. as we were going through, you could feel the Kundalini, you mm-hmm. know, like it's, and I remember like back when Red Fox was doing her class at uh, the Botanic Gardens, there were usually like two to four classes a year that we could do outside. Mm-hmm. because it was like not hot yet, not cold yet. So like spring and fall, we could get a couple of classes in um, outside. And those outside classes were always so magical. Well, you get grounded in a way that you can't in a studio. The earth grounds you, you know, yeah. like it pulls you into yourself. And then just the practice of doing yoga pulls you further into yourself, you know, and you get so aligned so fast. Um that yeah, doing yoga out there or even just like there were a couple of evenings where, you know, sunset happens every day around there. And it's like a collective time where everybody makes their way out to the beach. And there were a few days that we like sat out there on sarongs, you know, and we'd watch the sun go down. And after the sun would like dip below the horizon, I would just lay in the sand and just look up at the sky. Mm hmm. And, you know, the sky changes a million different colors throughout the sunset. Yeah, like it happens so fast that it was so, felt so good to just lay on the earth and hear the ocean and watch the sky change. And I could do it for 30 or 45 minutes, you know, like at the end of the day, every day, that meditative state that you go into in Savasana, a lot of times Mm -hmm. that you work through the whole yoga class to get yourself to a place where you can just lay still and do that was some of my favorite times that we had while we were there was in that space. Um, and then just all the other magic that Red Fox brings to everything, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, well, and the, if people needed like more personal or one-on-one, like, Hey, I'm having a problem with my hip. Do right. you have a pose for this? Mm-hmm. I'm having a problem with my shoulder. Is there a pose for this? Yes. Or, you know, she's such a great energy worker mm. um, that she had other offerings than just her group yoga classes on the beach. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it was an honor to have yeah. her there. 
Um, Katie Webb. Katie Webb. <laughs> um, Katie's role was like cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like um, pep squad. Yes. You know, like uh, she has such bringing the crazy energy. energy. Yeah. yeah. And, but also so willing to do her own work. Yeah. And yeah, we allowed Katie to kind of float in between like you're an extra set of hands for us and you're participating. So yeah. like we needed people to do dishes yeah. and clean up after it was us. Fluid. And yeah. yeah, but also that that was going to mean that she was going to have a lot of time and space to be a participant, you know? Yeah. And that that all was so like, I feel like so many, I know I did personally, I'll speak for myself. My experience of Costa Rica was so much, I was aware of so many things because Katie was aware of them. Mm -hmm. Things that I had been there so many times that it just kind of seemed normal to me, you know, but that seeing it through her eyes for the first time, you know, and all of the excitement and energy behind it just like made me appreciate everything in such a beautiful way. Um, and yeah, I feel like Katie shed a lot of light on like what it means to be on a personal journey, mm -hmm. what it means to be on a solo journey, because we all have people and things that are happening in our lives, you know, that feel very collective, but really all of us are just on a solo journey, you know, like trying to figure out what's best for us and for the people that we love and um, that she's such a good example of going through that and still being present. Yeah. You know, and that, um, yeah, Katie's experience was beautiful. It was great to have her there. It was an honor to watch. It was weird when she left. <laughs> like to go from like Katie being there to Katie, like it was a big energy energetic shift. shift. Yeah. yeah, that happened when Katie left. Um, let's talk about Monica. Yeah. Uh, shamanic breathwork. Magic. Open air breathwork. Ooh, yeah. So, I've never done breathwork in an open air space yeah. before. So, guys, for those of you who are newer to breathwork, or whether you're not, breathwork is mostly done in a contained, walled space. Um, where it where is, you can control the elements right. a little bit. It is safe, and <laughs> the music can vibrate off the walls, and... There's no cats running into cats, the middle of the breathwork session. Like, coconuts yeah. falling on the roof. <laughs> oh, my. Oh my so wind, like, blowing off sarongs that, mm -hmm. you know, like, that, yeah, there's a reason why breathwork is mostly done indoors. But. But, but it's not. That's what's so we, interesting. Well, from my. In our experience. Knowledge. Right. In our experience. In our experience up to that point. Yeah. That that's the way it was done. Yeah. And Monica was like, well, it doesn't have to be done that way. We're like, what? And she learned to do breath work in an open air space, you yeah. know, like, so she was kind of the reverse. Yeah. Like when she went and learned to do it, she was doing it in an open air space before she ever did it in a contained space. And I was like, I know. So I was nervous. Yeah. Because when we went to Costa Rica, I, the plan was to rent a studio. Yeah, a yoga studio. That ended up being a freaking joke. And <laughs> yeah, like I just, I knew it was going to work out. I knew it would all come together. It was hard to plan what we were going to rent because things turn over so fast yeah. in Tamarindo. Um, that yeah, we did not find a space to do it in. And then when Monica got there, it became this thing of, okay, so here are our options. We can straight move all the beds out of one of the rooms maybe, you right. know, and like try and make space. But that, seemed like a lot of excess work. And when she got there and she kind of got lay of the land, um, we decided to do it outside. And I'm so glad that we did it outside. It was, yeah, like really. And it still felt contained. We still felt like in charge yeah. of what was happening. Yes. Even and though things out of our control happened. Even though Monkey the cat kept coming in and trying to step on people and <laughs> do it. Yeah, like it was. Um, but you know what I loved about it is I think that as a, because we're facilitating breath work now and learning the nuances of like setting a container. Mm -hmm. And so much of the containers that I'm setting for people are energetic and, you know, to the point of like, 
working through the whole Kathy Heller made to do this thing. Like when we first started doing that, I didn't want to do virtual energy work. I was like, "Mm -mm, I want to be with people. You know, I want to be here with them. And I got really softened around that idea the more that I did the, you know, coaching program where now I do work with people virtually a lot. And I still have to set a container even though I'm on Zoom Mm -hmm. or even though I'm just on the phone with you, you know, like, and that this idea that like in breath work, we are creating this container and containing the space. It felt big and scary to me to contain an open air space like that. And there were so many things that we could not control. And a couple of times where shit happened that was like not ideal, okay, for Mm -hmm. what we were doing. But it all just seemed to kind of work, you know, like that it all was divine in the way that it came together. And this breathwork session in particular, you know, it was Monica's was facilitating it and you and I walked to the floor with Mm her. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a really different experience, but really powerful and good. And then gave me a lot of confidence that the breathwork sessions I had there after everybody left, um, were smaller, you know, like they were both three people each. So it wasn't like a whole lot of people to work with, but really got me into this practice of containing open air spaces and Mm -hmm. how good that is just in a different way. Um, I will say a lot about just like how supportive it was for me to have Monica mm-hmm. there. Um, if there's one thing that she is amazing at, there's a lot of things, but like holding space for people is her jam, right? Yes. Like she is good at being where you are and helping hold that space for you. And I think because it had been such a long time coming, And it was like this dream manifested and actualized and currently happening. Like, yeah, I felt way out of my body a lot of times, you know, and we kind of had this thing where I get up really early at the beach anyway, like I can't help it. And almost every day we would meet each other on the beach right around sunrise, not on purpose, not because we planned it, but just because we'd both be sitting out there, you know. And that there were a lot of mornings that we didn't say anything. We just like sat with each other and that was good. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of mornings where I like cried my eyes out for no reason, you know, and we just sat with each other and that was good, you know, and it was kind of this like check-in place where I didn't even know how badly I needed somebody to hold that space for me, you know, until I was in it and doing it. And when you have a retreat where you're bringing other healers like my job and your job so much was to hold space for the healers. Right. So they could hold space with the people that came. But at the same time, we're holding the space for the entire event. Right. And I knew that that was going to be a lot after we did Oklahoma because we had done it on such the small scale, you know, and Costa Rica was going to be on a much bigger scale. It was a lot. It was. Yeah. But actually being in it and holding all of that, um, yeah, like it was way more than I expected. And Mm -hmm. having Monica there to help me organize that as I was riding that wave um, was really beautiful. And so much fun to see her play and have fun. Yes. Oh, my God. Surfer. Monica is a surfer. Yeah. Like, um, and the connection because Terry Chandler helped with the surfing instruction, like the spiritual connection of Terry and Monica talking about riding the wave and learning to do that. It was just a really beautiful thing to see that. Yes. And for me personally, um, Monica and I had obviously like worked together before, But Costa Rica was really the first time where I I felt a connection with her in Costa Rica that I hadn't felt before. Even though our connection before was great in so many ways. I guess what I'm saying is it got deeper Mm -hmm. in Costa Rica where um, for our closing circle, like she rallied behind me. Mm Mm-hmm in a way that I felt so supported that um, I didn't even have to ask her to do it. No. She just knew. Yeah. She intuitively yeah. knew mm-hmm. 
that I needed this support. And she just dug in deep and like didn't take it away from me. Right. Didn't say, let me fix it. Yeah. Didn't say, let me do it. She just gave that magical support that Monica mm-hmm. gives. And I felt like, oh, I'm going to fucking do this. Watch me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it was so that. cool. So good. Um, Mandy Hancock. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorite people I in the mean, world. Yes. Mandy. Her life. Um, I want to do all retreats with Mandy, man. Like, she just <laughs> was so magical and awesome. And... um. Traveling with Mandy is a lot of fun. Yeah. Like Mandy came to Greece when Aubrey and I went to Greece. She and Andrew came for a week. She obviously came to Jamaica all the years ago. You know, like I've been lots of places all over the world with Mandy. She drinks life in, in an environment like this. I was about to say, what I love about traveling with Mandy is that she makes you stop. Yes. And appreciate. Yes. Yes. And, um, whereas sometimes I so badly want to be on autopilot, Mm -hmm. Mandy's like, no, 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 we're going to do all the things we're going to do this and we're going to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to savor this moment and we're going to take pictures and we're not going to take just some pictures. We're going to take a lot of pictures, hundreds and hundreds (laughs) and hundreds of pictures of everything. Yes. From all angles. (laughs) And that she is so good at focusing when it's time to focus on what we're there to do. Right. So she can shift from vacation mode to holding sacred space and grounding into a ceremony mode. And like has, so easy, like blink of an eye. And yeah, it's one of my favorite things about her is that yeah. she kind of like we were talking about before. You didn't, you didn't have to tell Mandy what to do. Yeah. Mandy just kind of knew what to do next, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, like having her there to work with oracle cards and with smudging and with helping us with altar spaces and bringing the elements together to create the magic, you know, mm-hmm. that came together was really wonderful and beautiful and just like reassuring to me, you know, like having Mandy around just kind of feels like home to me, you know, yeah. and that that was having her presence there was really um really incredible it's kind of funny like when I scale out and look at it how many of the team that we brought we were just kind of like a little family you know Mm -hmm. like we had our uh, team meeting every day at noon where we checked in you know and would like kind of process the things yeah like it just and one thing I was really certain about with this retreat that I wanted to be different was you know, like you and I, even though this was our first like big event at this level, level with all this money and the international travel and everything, we had been a part of big events before with other companies. And so I always remembered like the excitement and the rally towards whatever the big event was that we were going to do. And that it was like prepping all night long no sleep till Brooklyn, like get it (laughs) all done, pass out the things, make sure everybody has anything, you know, like running on fumes, running on fumes. And then when it's over, you got to clean everything up and you got to put all the chairs away and you got to do all the shit and you got to, and then you got to get back to the hotel room and you got to pack, you got to get on the plane, you got to go like, what's not like that. It was exhausting. And you didn't even have time to process the fact that you'd been a part of something amazing and profound before you were right back into your daily And then it was gone, right? And what I did not want was this experience where we put our whole souls and everything into pulling off an event and then we were immediately ripped out of it and right back into, you know, like where we started and that we were so tired and exhausted through the whole thing. We didn't get what we went to get out of it. I wanted it to be this mutual experience for the people that were facilitating and the people that were attending, right? Um. And I don't know how, like, there are definitely things I would do differently around that idea. But I felt like there was a lot of permission for the facilitators to have their own experience. Yeah. And that felt really good. It felt really good. Yeah. Really, really good. And just natural. And because I want to continue working with all these people. Yes. One, because, like, we were all friends before. Right. Um, 
and now we've created this amazing thing. And yeah, you and I, we haven't said it yet on this podcast, but next time's going to be different. Yeah. But that we may change it again. And it will change may, always. You yeah. know, like it's always going to be evolving and changing that like no matter who we're working with, if we one day bring back this same exact group of facilitators mm-hmm. or some of them or none of them or, you know, whatever, that I always want whoever is working with us to feel um, like their soul has been nourished and not like they're selling their soul to work with us. Because you and I have been there. Yes. That it's all about the participants and like that we don't matter. Right. We do matter. Yes. And that the way we help our paying participants heal is to be that example. Doing our own work at the same and time. to do yeah, our totally. own work mm-hmm. right next to them. Mm-hmm. And so... um Yeah, it was just a really beautiful situation. And the vulnerability that comes out of doing your own work in that space and not just talking about doing the work. Mm -hmm. That there is this thing about like, I'm in it with you and watch me do the work at the same time that I feel like we really got the essence of a lot of in Costa Rica. Um, So yeah, that was the staff. Yeah. And it was a magic little container that we created. I I mean, yeah, we did the yoga. We did the breath work. We had opening circles, closing circles. But there was this really awesome thing. And I don't want to divulge too much about closing circle because it feels really sacred, sacred um, that we keep that for yeah. the people that were there. Um But the way that we came to what our closing circle was going to be like and how um, it resonated and how unique it felt to like Badass Ladies Club and our brand and the kind of medicine that we want to work with. um, It was this really beautiful thing that you and I cooked up in your hotel room Mm -hmm. the day that we were going to do it, you know, and it's so funny because like the overwhelming theme of the closing circle, I remember as it was coming up and out of us and we were kind of piecing together what it was about and what we were focused on and why we were choosing this and why we were going to do that. Like it felt important and I knew it was the right thing to work with. And I knew that I was like opening a Pandora's box as it were of, you know, like feelings and emotions. But I was primarily thinking about that with other people right Mm -hmm. not really understanding that like I couldn't tap into what I needed to work out of it while the retreat was going on because I was busy Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like doing the thing but after it was over and for I mean until today like it's still working in me how much that closing circle activated some shit in me that needed to be worked And that spirit is so funny, you know, like the reasons why um, we pull these things up out of us and then see them come back in a spiral or a, um, yeah, it just moved a lot of energy. Yeah, that it's so funny how, you know, we went into this like not really having a plan for what that closing circle was Mm -hmm. going to be. We just agreed like what will come to us will come to us and it'll be okay. Um, But that, that literally didn't drop into our brains until it did. Yeah. And that spirit was kind of like, Oh, you think you're just here to do yoga on the beach and breath work? Funny, funny. Let's dig into some and like pull some shit up. I hadn't felt that like um, pulled to something like that in a really long time to where I was like, this is what it is. This is what we're here to do. This is, yes, this is what's tying the yoga, the breath work, the downtime, the conversations. This is why we're here. And this is what's pulling this all together. It was a divine download. Um, it was a divine download yeah, that totally. like there was no other choice. And it also validated so much that like 
we're in the right place at the right time. And this is the work we're supposed to be doing, you know? And then at that point, I really, I mean, it was the last night, so whatever. But at that point, when we were doing the closing circle, I really let go of we're only at 60%. All these people dropped out. Yeah. We didn't make as much money off of it as we had intended or hoped that all those like negative feelings of failure that like this didn't actually turn out the way we wanted it to, but we're here. So let's do it anyway. Mm-hmm. It That closing circle that we did together was magic yes. and that it was like almost addictive. Oh my God. Huge rush. Yeah. Huge rush. Um, You know what's so cool about that circle and this was also maybe kind of like part of a process that you and I were in in Costa Rica that I remember it was like day two or three or whatever and I kind of had this boundary where I was like nobody come to me anymore yeah (laughs) if you guys need something go to Jessica Mm -hmm. Jessica owns this company like (laughs) she's your girl she's gonna hand in that that happened kind of early in the retreat where I'm like hands off like I got other things going on and that the closing circle was so much like it was our gig, but like you took the lead on facilitating it, explaining what we were doing, you know, like getting in that. That hadn't happened before like that uh-uh. until that night, you know, like and it's like it all just came together at the perfect time where, yeah, like you claimed and stepped into a space that you were meant to step into, you know, and everything was aligned. Well, and you know, what's so funny about that? I know we have to wrap up here in a second, but (laughs) what's so funny about you saying that is that in this new season of life, post, you know, salon world, um, that for our entire friendship, you were technically my boss and not even technically you were. Yeah. You know, even though, like, um, I never felt like you were my boss. But on paper, right. you were. You could have fired me at any moment. You had the power to do a lot of different things that, like, I didn't, per se. Um, that this trip to Costa Rica, and specifically that closing circle, but that the trip to Costa Rica, I feel like, was the first time that I stepped up to your partner. Mm. You know, and that um, kind of stepping into that um, space felt really natural in a way that I hadn't because for 11 years, you've been my boss. And so it was just always really natural for me to just follow your lead Mm -hmm. and to be like, well, Laurie knows because she's the boss. And Laurie, Laurie know shit. you know, like, well, <laughs> that you do have a very natural maternal leadership. Right. I know what to do. I take care of everybody. And that admittedly so, I allowed that. I never stepped in and been like, Laurie, you don't have to do this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That not until Costa Rica did I say, you know, you don't have to play that role. Like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And that we both just kind of went like, oh, yeah. yeah. you know yes that I think that it shifted our friendship and this company yes it was a long time coming but that it needed to happen and it was all like timing Mm -hmm. if you look at the elements of timing from when well I wasn't ready before (laughs) well if you look at like when we started the podcast when I put in my notice when I left the salon when you decided you couldn't do it anymore right when you decided that the salon was closing, yeah. when the salon closed, when you opened your business, and then let's go to Costa Rica. Like, that it was... <laughs> what a crazy... The oh my perfect God. storm yeah. of shaking shit up and who do you actually want to fucking be? And then we both just, like, stepped into that. Yeah. And that's what Costa Rica was like. So if y'all want to come to Costa Rica, <laughs> guess what? We're doing it again, y'all. July! July 6th through the 11th. Um, we're going to have another retreat. Same number of days. This will be a little different. 
It'll be a lot different. Do we do we want to go over the differences between the first one that we just described versus what we're planning this time? Yes. Okay. So this one, just to start out, um, it is just going to be me, Laurie, and our assistant. We're going to try this with a smaller staff. We're going to try to see. We just want to see. We want to see. And it's, um, we're different. We're different than we were when we planned this first one. And now you and I are facilitating breath work. Right. We're facilitating our own meditations and movement. Right. We're doing things that we want to practice and try. And that for both of us, we kind of have this thing where we look outside of ourselves for support and for, um, yeah, we look outside of ourselves. Right. And that we're in this stage of like our business right now where it's time to look to ourselves yeah. and not away. So yeah, we're going to facilitate the retreat. And I'm also totally open to the idea of incorporating other healers that live in Costa yeah, Rica. You know, we may like, like meet someone there and, you know, there's have them be a part whole of whole audience of people yeah. there that now that we've been there and we've done this, like there's badass ladies club tank tops and cups all over Tamarindo now. All over you know, Tamarindo. Like, uh, people know us. So yeah, yeah like I'm excited um, about that shift. So yeah, first big shift is that it will be your, our focus will just be like you and me mm-hmm. and, and what comes up out of that, what comes out of that. Um, the next part is going to be just like yes. the agenda and how things are organized. Right. Because Costa Rica is this really fun, especially Tamarindo environment where yeah there's lots of drinks it's a party town there's lots of weed like (laughs) there's lots of things that um sometimes are not real conducive to like a healing healing retreat (laughs) um and that all of those fun things we wanted everyone to be able to experience and have an experience with but i'm not gonna lie to yeah if they were open to it but it was really hard to go from like healing circle to happy hour to right. breath work to let's get high to like what like it, it was and that at any given moment one person is on the couch crying because right. they're processing and going through something while someone else wants to go ziplining through the jungle right and then there and was it, just like we were like whoa like, there's a lot it, it's a lot going on so so this one In July, we're focused on healing modalities in the first three days. So we're going to do the circles, the breath work, the intuitive healings, all of the healing work is going to happen in those first three days. And sober. And we're going to have a sobriety container around those three days. So collectively, like we're not going to drink, we're not going to smoke, we're going to focus on our healing, which is what we're there to do. Right. And I do think that there's this really like relief part of me that we're being really clear that it's a healing retreat and it's what we're here to do. Yeah. And then the last three days of the retreat are vacation Go vibes. Go do what you want to do. Enjoy yourself. If you're a drinker or a smoker or whatever, right. like those things are there for you. Um, and that then you can have the surf experience. You can go on the excursion. You can do all of the fun vacation-y things that you don't want to miss out on. Um, And separating the retreat into healing space and vacation space feels really freeing to me, you know? Like, I'm really excited about that element. Yeah, so as far as we can tell right now, those are the biggest changes. And um, I'm sure that just like anything else, flexibility. (laughs) Flexibility and... Interestingly enough, it was kind of the same way with this last one. Like who joins us is going to shift what direction the retreat goes in as well. So um, it went well enough that we're willing to do it again. Yep. And that we've learned so much more than we could ever possibly put into an hour long episode. Yeah. That's going to make the next go around um, even better. Even better. So if you guys are interested or you have questions, you know how to DM us, shoot us an email um, because we're open to talking about it. But I'm loving how specific and clear we are about who it's for. Yes. Yeah. Um, Which (laughs) like before we released this March retreat that we just did 
February of 2020, like over a year in advance. Mm -hmm. This is 12 weeks in advance. So we're being really clear, really precise. And if you want in, you have to get in now. Now. Um, And that it feels good to be in this vibration where we can attract Mm -hmm. the right people um, for this event. I'm just so, so honored to be able to serve in this way. What changes in a year? (laughs) Understatement. Um, Anything else? Before we, I mean, there's so much uh, else. Oh, oh my God. Like, but we're we going to keep close on talking. But yeah, there's another session coming in. You so guys don't go. need to be here while we keep talking. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your love and support. If you can get outside today and connect to that beautiful vibration of nature, we are sending you all the healing, loving Costa Rica vibes. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>